When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you fail to find that common ground, that will destroy your relationship. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. Today my wife has chosen another topic that is going to be nice and controversial, very controversial. Uh, so this ought to be interesting. If you've ever heard of the concept of the third rail, Lisa and I are about to grab that with our teeth. So <laughs> here we go. Lisa, wow, hit me with that up. question. It's so weird you call me Lisa, by the way. Baby, Negamo. Thank you. It's so weird you call me that. Um, Okay, you ready? Yes. For a long-term relationship to truly work, do you need to share the same beliefs about religion, politics, health, work, goals, and etc.? How much overlap should there be, if any? I think you do have to share your values, and your values are going to echo into all kinds of areas of your life. And the reason that this topic to me is the third rail is we are living through something extraordinarily bizarre politically right now. Culturally is the right way to say it because it's starting with culture and it's becoming politics. All right, I saw this fascinating graph and I could see that, so there's a line by Solzhenitsyn who wrote the Gulag Archipelago, lived through um, Stalinist Russia. And he said the line between good and evil runs through every human heart. And I think now culturally, the like culture wars is playing itself out. The line is going between all relationships and people have to figure out what their value system is and like where they fall in this spectrum. Uh, So I think that the graph that I saw, just to finish that thought, showed that who, this is actually really interesting. Whatever political party in the U.S., whatever political party is closest to the center wins the election every time. Mm. It's already a fascinating idea. But what's interesting is that graph that shows which party is closest to the center used to look like it would shift back and forth like this, right? Mm. Now it's like they're both pulled to the extreme. And so their, their greatest area of overlap used to be in the middle. And now like they're both at the extreme and like their overlap is like this tiny little bit in the middle. And I'm looking at that like, yo, this has real consequences. Now, because this is relationship theory and our conversations with Tom, I won't go into the things that really unnerve me, but I will say that that's a thing and people now have to start thinking about what their value system is. And I will say to the holder of the values, you're gonna feel right about everything, but you're not. When you look at the other person, rather than say, this person better take my values because my values are right, I would really say, hey, I wanna understand you. I wanna get like really where you're coming from. This is for people already in a relationship. 
I want to understand where you're coming from. And if you operate from a place of curiosity and wanting to learn and not trying to convince or change, a lot more common ground can be found. If you fail to find that common ground, that will destroy your relationship in no uncertain terms. Yes. It's a really hard question. Oh my God. Okay. So when we first met, the culture wasn't going on. So obviously the times are different. We've been together for 21 years. So when we met 21 years ago, on our first date, so I'm Greek Orthodox, went to Greek school, got christened, do my prayers, like go to church with my dad, like did the whole thing and I meet you. And on our very first date, you turned around, you're like, oh, so, you know, do you believe in God? And I was like, yes. And you're like, well, why? And I was, I was shocked. I was like, A, no one's ever asked me that before because I was brought up in such a cultural um, town that everyone believed in the same thing that I did. Right. So even asking that. And so in that moment, I was, there was some shock and offense to it that you even asked me that because of my belief system that I had had. It wasn't even something that I developed consciously myself. It was just that you never talk about or ask the question. Why? Because it becomes sacrilege. Like if you said that to, to my grandmother, she would have either spanked you or cried. Like, because it's like you have betrayed your culture and everything you've come from. So I would have been kind of impressed though, me in my early twenties, if your grandma tried to spank me, that would have been. <laughs> yeah, not you, like, me. <laughs> if grandma. I was to bring that up to my yaya, like, if I were to ask her, right. like, why does God exist? Even just asking the question. So why do you believe God exists? Why, yes. Yeah. So when you asked me, I came to that with a value system of the fact that A, you don't ask people and B, of course, God exists. And so you did like challenge me, but it was so sincere and it was so genuine. Like there was no you weren't asking me in order to demean me. You weren't asking me to try and change my mind. And you just said that, right? Don't try and change people's mind. Come into it with full um, curiosity. genuine curiosity. And that's exactly how you did. And because you came into it with genuine curiosity, I wasn't offended. Like, I was like, oh, that, that feels really uncomfortable that he asked me, but, you know, and then I stopped and I thought, and I was like, because my dad told me to, it became one of those answers. And in the answer, I was like, oh crap okay, this is actually highlighting something you haven't thought about. So it was actually wonderful that we were able to have this sit down conversation where you could ask me questions. I felt like I was challenged, but I wasn't shut down. And the fact that I wasn't shut down allowed me to ask myself the question and then follow that curiosity for myself that I never realized was even an option to follow. So there's that kind of ground wall, not ground wall, but that base thing of like, you can actually help other people in like opening up conversations. And so it doesn't have to be this, you're coming in with this stance and the other person's coming in this stance. Um, so that helped to me, helped us get closer together when we were dating. It helped us actually bond more. And in those situations, when I said, you know, why or that I believed it because of my ancestors and my family. Then we got into the discussion about getting married. It was very important to me to get married in a Greek church. And you come in saying you don't believe in God. You've never been christened before. So here we are in love. You're saying this and I'm the complete opposite. But we navigated it because I said to you, being married in a church is actually very important to me. It was a dream since childhood that I've had. Growing up, all my family's got married in these big Greek churches, and so it's meaningful to me. Mm. You didn't challenge that. You didn't say, well, it shouldn't be, right? Or what the hell? You just accepted that for fact. And then you said to me, but I don't believe in God. And I will get christened for you, babe, because I 
you know, I want to see you happy. And you clearly have thought through that this is something that's going to make you happy. And you're telling me. And I want to give you the happiness. But I want you to know, and this is where you were very clear, this doesn't mean I believe in God. And if I do this, I never want you to now automatically think that I now believe in it, that you've now converted me, that you expect something different of me, because that's not going to happen. And if you can respect that I'm not, then I can respect that this is what you want and this is how we're going to get married. And that was how we ended up having this beautiful wedding where we got, you know, you had my big fat Greek wedding. You actually Literally. stood in a little pool. You had the oil over you. You had your little hair cut in a cross. You wore the white gown. Also, we could get, so you could get christened so that we could get married even when you thought the belief system of a God doesn't align with you. Mm. And that's how I think and would love to see couples be able to work through whereas you you said it at the beginning you don't and there's no right or wrong like it doesn't mean that you were right or I was wrong or I was right and you were right like it was just that we respected each other we respected what the other person needed it wasn't crossing any internal boundary because I think that's important like you weren't crossing a boundary by saying I don't believe in God it's like okay cool I respect that but you're still sweet enough to get married can I drag us into the hard part though? yeah so all of that is true and has been an amazing boon for our relationship. But what that demonstrates is a different value, I think, than you may think. So the, the value that ended up being at play, because it could have been that you were like, no, I need to be with somebody who's devoutly religious. Then it would have been a collision of values. Mm -hmm. But oh. you didn't have oh. that. You didn't have that need. But what we each demonstrated was a value of honesty and a value of respecting that what is important to the other person in some way has to become, it needs to be important to me that it's important to you. Even if it that thing itself doesn't become important to me, mm -hmm. that it is important to you. If I had said, get out of here, you're just being stupid, that's dumb, I'm not gonna get, if you wanna get married in a Greek church, fine. But if they're gonna make me do all that, I'm not gonna do it. You'd have been like, whoa. Now, it obviously didn't have to do with me believing in God. It had to do with me showing you a level of respect that when something's important to you, I need to acknowledge it as important. So even though we would not have been able to articulate, hey, what we're feeling out here is how do we value like navigating what is important to the other person? Even if you don't agree with it. Right. So I'll, oh God, this is, I said we were going to bite the third rail. So here it is. Uh, one thing that was important to me when we were younger, so certainly 20s and 30s, uh, if we were on vacation, I needed sex twice a day. Not need, but I wanted. That was my request. And you were mostly very generous. Um, and it was, hey, this matters to me. Maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't, but it does. And so we navigated that. Now, if every time one of us was like, oh my God, that's so ridiculous. The thing you want is ridiculous. The thing I want matters, but the thing you want is ridiculous. <laughs> and that's where I see people make this mistake all the time because when you have the thing, you feel something. When the other person has the thing, you don't feel anything. Or you may in fact feel something in the opposite direction. People mistake their feelings for objective truth. And so when they have a negative feeling to the other person, they're like, this person's broken, they're wrong. And they can't go, oh, what they're feeling right now is what I feel when something's really important to me. Whoa, okay, how do I want someone to act when I feel this thing is really important? I want understanding. I want like them to try to like find something that works together. 
And so my thing is, in fact, here's something I learned from film school that I have deployed in my life so many times that I forget sometimes where I learned it. Drew Casper, what's up Drew Casper? Uh, taught in film school. If you love a movie too much or you hate a movie too much, you should watch it a second time. Huh. Because odds are, when you rewatch it, you probably don't love it as much as you thought you did and you almost certainly didn't hate it as much as you thought you hated it. And I thought, wow, it's really interesting. This idea that you could get this really strong emotion but that you'd be able, you'd have a hard time recapturing it. It just really gave me an insight into emotions and sort of the way that not only could you and I feel differently about this thing, but I could feel differently about this thing at different times. And so that made me go, mm, I'm not so sure that the emotion is like some permanent objective marker of truth. And breaking that idea has been transformative in my life and makes me constantly go, oh, how's she feeling about this? Let me understand that before I put up a wall, before I push back. Like when you respect the other person and know that they're intelligent, it's like, huh, interesting. Like, tell me more, I wanna understand this. And as you grow in understanding, then it gets far easier to navigate. And so you don't have to share all of your values, but eh, like the, the, the framework values, like what we're talking about, okay? So uh, religion, I think you could actually get by without it, but in terms of having the same agreement. But how do you navigate when it's really meaningful to the other person? Do you accommodate? Do you reciprocate? Like, how do you navigate that? That value is going to matter. And so I'll call that a framework value. Mm. Figuring out where the overlap is on those. And you and I only, as far as I can think, there's only one framework value that we collide on. And it's a constant problem in our marriage. And we have had to find ways to like sort of caveat around it. And that is I value efficiency above almost everything and you value tidiness very, very, very high. And because tidying is inefficient, it constantly creates this friction between us where I don't tidy and it creates anxiety in you and you constantly, using my words, hide my things, which then is inefficient because I can't find them. And it's like 21 years in and it bothers me just as much as it did on day one. Now, we've and I'm sure it does for you too. And we have navigated because A, it's the only framework value that we don't share. Um, but the fact that something that will sound trivial to the audience can be so meaningful and remain meaningful to us over a very long period of time shows how important really figuring out your framework values is. And they're gonna be weird things. That's, oh, it's gonna be hard for people to, to nail those down, but they must. So true. And then respecting each other. I think that's like such a, it's when someone pushes you that they start to, you feel like they don't respect your position or just how you think. And I think that that has a really big impact on the, then the conversation. Because it's like, if you're trying to demean my position, whether you agree with it or not, it like then becomes a sticking point for me. And now I'm just feeling emotional about the fact that I feel undermined. And then it becomes about that and not actually about the thing that you're trying to deal with. Homie, you just said it. And then I just want to add one more layer of complexity to this whole thing. I've had many hormone um, experts now on my show to talk about hormones and female reproduction and just like everything because I've had my own hormone issues. And it's so true how many people say, 
um, that the women's cycle, the 30-day cycle, it all has moments of these are when you're the most confident. These are when you're the least confident. This is when you should work out hard. This is when you actually shouldn't work out. These are the moments in your cycle you should go, you're going to have confidence to ask for the raise. But this is part of your cycle that you're actually going to have the least amount of confidence. So even just understanding how you're going to perceive a certain situation or a certain value that someone else says, even just timing the time that you have those conversations is going to be important because if, for instance, you know, I, I may be defensive in a certain situation. So now you may be showing your respect to my value, but I may not be perceiving the respect to my values. So knowing when to even have those conversations is going to be so important. Yeah, that that whole idea of you're having a biological experience is one that is, uh, if I were to have lived in a bubble for 30 years and then come out and somebody said, write down the things that will not be controversial. I'd say, oh, you're having a biological experience. And so your hormones are really going to matter and things like sleep and diet, it's all going to matter in terms of how you perceive everything, everything. Like the fact that I, uh, we're filming this, it's after 11, mm -hmm. I think, well after 11. In fact, it's going on noon and I haven't eaten yet, unexpectedly. And that's changing my experience. That's so obvious to me that now I'm not, I'm not a bad person that not eating is changing my experience and you're not a bad person that your uh, ovulatory cycle impacts your perception of the world. But what becomes crazy making is when people act like it isn't a thing. Like for instance, I will give you, you are something like five times more like, it, it's a big number, it may not be five times, but it's something like you're five times more likely to get paroled if the judge adjudicating your case has eaten within like the last two hours of Whoa! reviewing your case. Homie, Whoa, it's crazy. What? The stats are staggering, Whoa! okay? Because hangry is a real thing. Yeah. So as you get hungrier, you just are less like, you're just impatient. It's just like, ah, the confused mind says no. Yeah. You get agitated because you're hungry. You just want to be done. No, done. It's easier to say that than to have to think through, mm -hmm. oh God, if I let them back out. So yeah. So. What gets frustrating is when people don't acknowledge that all of these things are happening and we need to take them into consideration. It is not that somebody's invaluable or that they're crazy or whatever. It's no, we just have to factor it into how we process through this moment. Word. Word. All right. There it is. There it is. Chewing on the third rail. So yeah. Uh, oh. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I think this stuff works. That, that is what I will hold us accountable to. I'm happy to grab the third rail, even though I don't love it, uh, because I actually believe the things that we say, I don't believe. The things that we say are the things that we use every day in our marriage. Our marriage is thriving 21 years later and a whole lot of stress from business and all that. We don't have kids. I do think that is part of our secret advantage. Um, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off there. Even ooh, deciding for us not to have children could have been a make or break for us. Agreed, I just mean from a, I never want to lose sight of part of what gives us the time and energy Got to it. constantly clean the dust off of that beautiful mahogany table. I think it was in another episode that I made that reference. Uh, but the thing that gives us the time and the energy is that we aren't providing the service to humanity that many other people are doing, which is having children. Anyway, I just like to acknowledge it. I'll probably yeah. stop doing that because it takes up time. Uh, but there you have it. Uh, speaking of services to humanity, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, build a beautiful relationship. Take care. Peace.